0: Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast, the first episode for 2021. Join me as usual. Rohan,
1: how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Happy New Year. hope you had a good break. Had a good break? Can't complain. This episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Clouds by Nabucasa. Easily and securely access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that also supports the Home Assistant project. The configuration is done by the user interface, so there's no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML.
0: Well, a new year and a new release cycle for Home Assistant, so it's now the monthly release cycle uh, just for the Home Assistant release. So that's what we're here to talk about today. Uh, and, of course, we had the Home Assistant Conference last year, which we had so much fun at. We were live there, a special live broadcast there. What did you think of it, Ron? Did you think we did all right?
1: I thought it was great. I mean, I had a lot of fun with it, and it sounded like uh, a lot of people had uh, enjoyed it as well. Yeah, so. it was good to
0: see the comments, yeah. people as we were doing our thing, people, you know, commenting along. and
1: yeah. I think I think that's definitely something we want to we want to encourage as well, right? And you know we love the feedback, we love comments and stuff like that. So you know I I, I felt really good about that
0: because uh, it was live. There was so much we had to talk about and, and break down at the time. But one thing I've been noticing since after the conference, and of course it was announced at the conference, is home resistant blue, and a lot of people have been. You know, they ordered during the conference, they've been arriving, they've been opening them up, doing unboxings. I think Dr. Z did an unboxing straight after the conference. Mm-hmm. I am really jealous of this device. It actually looks like people's photos of this device are amazing. What, what are your thoughts on it? Like, do you think it's something that's on your radar to
1: purchase or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. I, I, I don't know what I want to do with it yeah, yet. Same, really. Um, I, a, a big part of me wants it just for the commemorative part of it, um, but I mean, I, I think it's also because a lot of what I'm doing right now works really well and the performance is really good and all yeah. that. So, cause I am running it on a virtual machine on one of my lab servers, right? It's just like one that I have yeah. at home. And also I think, I think that means regardless, it's not going to be as powerful as what I have running here. So I'm a little bit undecided on that part. I know I was running it a separate instance in the past on a Raspberry Pi. If you yeah, remember. we definitely. talked about that one a while yeah, ago. You had your remote instance
0: I, hooked up to it or something like that.
1: You were running, yeah, two yeah, instances that way. Exactly. But, but I actually ended up collapsing all of that stuff into one. So, you know, I I don't know if I want to go back to two again or I don't know if I want to break yeah. out. But, you know, and and really at this point, I have no benefit in doing so. So, my, uh, my Zigbee network is strong enough, even though it runs out of my basement. Mm hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm in, I'm in a bungalow, so it's, it's not like I have multiple stories or anything like that. I just have my basement and my main floor. Yep. So, you know, and that was really my biggest concern about splitting it off, um, which seems to be fine. So I, I, will I, will I get one? Probably honestly, just for the, just for the commemorative piece of it. But I, I don't, I don't know if I, if at this point for me personally, if I Mm. need one, if anybody is starting out new, absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Definitely.
0: I know personally, I have always tried to reduce my e waste and, and reuse hardware as much as I can, right? So, you know, I've, I've progressively yeah. had to, you know, I'm using my parents' old computer at the moment, you know, to run my main instance of Home Assistant, and I'm always trying to look for better performance, right? And yeah. I did like that Paula said in the conference, you know, I think that the hardware is what, like twice as much that they currently need in Home Assistant. So it's, you know, yeah. future proof, right? Um, and of course
1: yeah at least for a little bit yeah,
0: and yeah. all the add-ons you know like i've always been jealous of people running all the add-ons that F- frank does and yeah. yeah it just looks very
1: tempting right it, exactly right and then and, and i think what it comes down to is you know if especially for a novice user user or a new user to home assistant i think i think it's actually perfect yeah right for me to use can i migrate everything off and do everything sure but is it worth it for me to do that i i don't know just yet one thing i'd be interested to find out um, before i could
0: commit is to see because we know you know this has obviously been the evolution of it you know we had house io then became home assistant os and and all that Mm -hmm. this is now you know they're locked down or i need to research is it their locked down box you know am i not going to have Root access to this box, or am I going to have to use one of those SSH add-ons? Oh, sorry, Home Assistant add-ons to give me root access, and am I going to be like in this sort of jail of what Home Assistant wants me to edit? If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and and a part of me hopes that's the case, right? Um, and 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 I know I'm probably going to enrage a lot of people by saying that, but. The reason is, that I think, at the end of the day, for again, from a platform perspective, if you look at it, if if you want everybody mm-hmm. to adopt it, I don't know if you necessarily want things like root access and things like that without having to, you know, go around leave some bounds, yeah. right? I do. I need root access, sure, but at the same time, does everybody yeah. probably not? I mean, you look at most most hardware appliances you get out there, like. If you go get a SmartThings box, are you getting root access? No, you're not. No, that's true. You probably don't need it. Right.
0: I guess it, at the end of the day, it is one of those, what is it? An Odroid underneath uh, device. Yep. So I'm guessing you could just flash it. A, or, or however, yeah. you would need to like a Raspberry Pi. You would just remove the, you know, do a complete reinstall and you've got a, a a little O Droid that you can do your whatever you you want, mm-hmm. right? In a nice home assistant blue box.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean you can you can use it exactly as, you know, the manufacturer was, you know, hey, here's your here's your box. Yeah. Wipe it and do whatever else you want with it, right? Yeah. But yeah, and 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 I mean they the the home assistant team did come out and say, listen, this is literally just an O Droid box with a, with a home assistant wrapper around it, and it has home assistant installed on it. Yeah, so
0: and I also saw. Uh, I think Dr. Z's put out a thing on Thingiverse for a mount for your Home Assistant Blue as well. So if you want to oh. mount it on a wall, you can, and you've got a three D printer, you can grab those files and print it off. And there's a little mount for you as well. That's kind of neat. Okay, so a lot of people, I think a lot of people are loving this hardware, and I do hope I know that. I think the, the nice metallic blue one they said in the conference was going to be like a limited run. I hope they continue yeah. it because it looks really nice. It looks, it looks really premium. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. I, I, I do know a couple of people, uh, that have gotten it and they seem to be pretty happy with it. Mm. Um, I, I have, I haven't talked to them. I just talked to them right before, uh, right before everything kind of closed for the holidays. And, uh, when I when I chatted with them, it was, you know, they were really excited. They're like, Oh yeah, I got it today, it received it, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So I wanna see I wanna see uh, I'm gonna try and follow up with a couple of those folks and see see how they actually made out, right? What was your experience like and all that? Um and 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 again, I might pick one up just for that as well, just to see, you know, how that's going. Yeah,
0: definitely. All right. So should we get on to this release. I think it's not a I wouldn't say it's a huge release, end of year, so it's the first release for the year, so January release, uh, but which means yeah. that a lot of the work was done during December. And, of course, half of December, everyone's on holidays anyway. So uh, not a huge amount of stuff to come out, I think, which is probably a good reason. I think this is the first release post-AKA version 1.0, right? So, Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I think, uh, yeah, a few, few little updates, but one that I uh, was really excited to see... Um, is the improvement to MQTT discovery for device trackers. I, mm-hmm. I actually, this is one of those things where you're like, oh, it wasn't there. I could have sworn it was there. But uh, <laughs> MQTT discovery is now supported for device trackers. So if you don't know what that is, uh, MQTT is a device protocol that allows you know communication throughout your local network or even across the internet, very small packets, very fast transmission. Great for IoT devices. You'll hear things like Zigbee to MQTT, Z-Wave to MQTTT. Um, I personally love it. I have so many sensors running across uh, my network. I think I've... You know those... round Remember those Xiaomi flower sensors? The flower case yeah. sensors? Yeah, yeah. I think I have a few of those using that as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's great. I also use it to connect a couple of my Home Assistant instances, uh, you know. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, great to see that device trackers are now supported. I think this will just enable, uh, you know, a lot of people to integrate with Home Assistant without having to do, like, a full-on integration with uh, Home Assistant. For example, a great one is ZigBee to MQTT, right? They don't have Mm. to do a whole... Separate Python integration with Home Assistant. They can just tailor and publish messages over their MQTT server, and Home Assistant knows how to pick them up and, and bring them in as full fledged entities. So, this is going to allow people to yeah, really do some great things with device trackers. I don't know. Ryan, have you got any crazy ideas that you could use? I know you had a, a Smart Things a Zigbee sensor that you had like a presence sensor. Yeah
1: so so what i what i what i did and 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 just kind of talking about what we were talking about before so right now i actually don't use uh don't use that uh i actually had my mqtt server turned off Mm -hmm. until about a week ago so so i took my usb Conbee stick uh which i use uh for my zigbee network and uh so that's my zigbee radio so i took it and plugged it right in the back of my server and uh basically just joined that in with my primary, uh, home assistant instance.
0: Using and, the ZHA, like the native ZB version.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yep. And then, and then, and it comes in through there. But before that I did use MQTT to, um, uh, Kind of, oh, sorry no i was using the i tried mqtt uh it was okay and then i was using uh, the, the remote home assistant plugin to mm-hmm. synchronize those entities before from a separate raspberry pi yep but yeah now now um i didn't i didn't do that anymore and and even for my uh the mi flora devices and my flora devices from uh xiaomi xiaomi yeah. the, those are the flower sensors um i was using mqtt for that specifically and then uh I actually moved off of my Raspberry Pi 0 about a about not that long ago. I uh, okay, it's it's been a few months, probably about 6 months or so. And then uh and I moved that to an ESP32 with ESP home, so that just comes right in now. So. Oh, really? Mhm.
0: Okay, I'll have to pick your brain about that in a minute. Um but so I'm wondering like with this MQTT update, like people are going to be able to create like random device trackers now, right? Like you could have yeah. you know, like you just we had just talked about that uh, there's a ZigBee sensor uh, that you have from SmartThings, but people could do anything now with MQTT. You know, you could have a yep. random Raspberry Pi Zero that you've got around. You could have a, you know, a NSE tag that could publish as a device tracker if you were smart totally. enough. Totally. So I'm really excited to, to see this. I think it's going to... Uh, personally, presence in home automation is one of my favourite topics because there's so many ways to skin that cat. Yeah. And... Yeah, I'm really glad to see this is a major improvement.
1: Well, exactly, and 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 this is actually a recommendation that came from uh, Hacktoberfest. At least it had the Hacktoberfest mm-hmm. tag on it. Yep. In uh, in GitHub, so uh, you know, I'm 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 interested to see what people are doing with this as well. Um, I'm excited to see what people are doing with again things like ESP32s and things like that, where you say, hey, you know what, dump this into MQTT and have Home Assistant pick that up. Yep. Kind of thing, right? So let's can be kind of neat if you get a new device. It's it's almost that, hey, it just works kind of kind of an experience, right? Where uh something picks up your new device and it says, okay, go. And yeah. you know, home assistant brings it in and things like that. Obviously you you need to build some automations and stuff around that, but if 80% of the work is done for you, then hey, I'm not complaining there.
0: So why did you move the my floor stuff away from the Raspberry Pi Zero to an ESP?
1: uh uh, honestly it's it's entirely a it it was it was two things right so basically after i had moved my zigbee stuff off to uh directly on the server Mm. uh or sorry off of off of some mqtt stuff and then and, and then afterwards i moved it onto my server but the most annoying thing about the Raspberry Pi was uh it was running Ubuntu on it. So or about my Raspberry Pi zero that I had uh with the script to pull the um, to pull the My Flora information uh data out. Yep. Um so I had to keep that updated and all of that stuff and it was just kind of cumbersome. Uh and whenever if if that ever crashed or did anything like that, and I honestly just never remembered where like how to go start that uh there there's a yeah. couple of things I had to do and it was just like I had a cron job for it and it was fine, I was working, with then when it broke, it broke and I was just like, Ugh, I'm I'm I was just so done dealing with it.
0: And then you can't remember the commands that you did to get it installed and all that.
1: Yeah, well, more than anything, I just don't remember what directory. I was. In. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's my problem too. Right? Every time I was just like, "Oh my god, I hate this," and and there's it's it's one of those you know there's got to be a better way kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and so and I I hadn't played with many microcontrollers or anything before. I mean, I had an ESP8266 that I did a couple of things with, but not didn't really go anywhere. Um, so I got an ESP32. Um, I think it was like twelve bucks Canadian. Uh, yep. shipped to me from Amazon whatever. Basically I played with uh ESP Home and uh said okay let me let me get it set up and they actually do have uh they have a specific config for the Xiaomi flower sensors and yep. they worked great. Um so,
0: so did you like have to sold or anything or like build out a Bluetooth module or anything or is it just like you, you buy something? No. I was
1: I was I was way too lazy for that. That that's exactly oh. what I didn't want to do, right?
0: Because when you said
1: ESP 32 I'm like oh
0: Rohan, that sounds too fancy for you, right? Like, yeah, it's, it seems it's, like way more involved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it literally just it had everything built into it. So the the only thing is um, what I did is I uh, found a power cable for it and plugged it in. Oh, really? Wow, so, that's that, awesome. that was the hardest part. Um, and and yeah, and and I got to say that 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 was my as much as we talked about it in the show and stuff in the past. Um, mm. That was actually my first time I used DSP Home, and it was great. I thought it was, uh, you know, worked really well for me. So, yeah. I no. like the idea that,
0: you know, you don't have, you know, an operating system to manage now. Like, you have a dedicated device that just is designed to pull in your flower sensors. Yep. And it just works perfectly, right? You lose power, it turns back on, it's doing its job. Right? It's As doing its thing,
1: exactly. I can't, I can't go into it and, and muck with it if I wanted to, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah. So, <laughs> unless, obviously, I go into the... You uh, reflash it with and, something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I changed some config in the ESP home or and, and, and that's the only downside is if I if I do want to add a new device or anything like that, I have to go into the ESP home config and do it. Which honestly to me right. is not a downside. Uh it's just it's it's doing things differently. So um, when you
0: say new device like does that mean if you've got like a new flower sensor, you have to go in and, and reflash it. Correct, correct. With so, like and, so, and then you have to flash it with like the MAC addresses of each flower sensor you want to pick up.
1: Yeah, that that that's exactly what it is. So yeah. it, it's actually got a scan as well. Um, but, you know, you can just use any whatever BLE yeah. scanner and, and pull that MAC address off and just pop it in Plug there. it in. Yeah, and you're Perfect.
0: good. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's awesome. All right, well, I might have to add that to my list of 2021 projects to do.
1: Yeah, and, and the only thing I found that it didn't pull, uh, that it doesn't pull that my Raspberry Pi Zero did was the uh, battery information off of that. Um, oh, and, and I, may, I have a feeling maybe i just did something i honestly i i set it up and then i didn't bother looking after them. <laughs> it's uh it's it's been one of those to do things but in in all honesty it works well enough that i i don't care like, yeah whatever i lose battery when everything says na and you know i'm not getting any information i know it's time to change my battery or 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 the the, the sensor died which which a couple of them in my case did die so from Xiaomi, like the Xiaomi sensors died. Yeah, it's oh, just well. you know, whatever. It's it's yeah. it's solder and and silicon, right? So yeah, stuff Famed happens. To happen. Yeah, especially when, in a wet environment, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, one of them was literally outside. I don't even know if it's. I know, I know they're rated for they're waterproof, whatever. But I don't even know oh, if it's rated yeah, for I the cold or in, whatever. And I indoor didn't know aren't it. they? Are they indoor sensors? I'm fairly certain they are. I, I know there <laughs> there is a water seal around it and stuff. and yeah. they do say it's waterproof, but. I just said, nah, whatever. (laughs) Stuck it out there. Stuck it outside. Yeah. I think it's been outside for two years, probably. And it stopped working. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, should I take better care of my stuff? Yes. But (laughs) I didn't. So here we are. Yeah. So
0: that's a nice. Oh, you've definitely added to my project (laughs) list. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah, for sure. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) HomeKit. It's, uh, It's a little more of a Uh, bug fix, but now you can set a target temperature range rather than a specific temperature for a climate device. So if you have uh, some kind of a thermostat or or whatever, that's HomeKit based, um, I guess in the past, it only let you say, okay, you know, I want to set it to 22 degrees Celsius. Now you can say, hey, I want it to be between 20 and 24. If I mean, you probably don't want that wide of a range, but you get the idea um, in terms of setting that. So, Again, that's another thing I didn't know uh, wasn't a thing too, so.
0: Mm-hmm. It reminds me, I've got to add HomeKit to my project list for this year too.
1: I want to use Home Assistant as
0: a HomeKit server or whatever the terminology is in yeah. HomeKit land, right? Yeah. I because actually, my wife has an iPhone and I would like, you know, her to be able to have native control without having to, you know,
1: yeah. instruct her how to download apps. Like, yes, there's the Home Assistant app and all that, but. Yeah.
0: Have you done that with your iPhone yet?
1: I was thinking about it this, uh, I guess, like last week, but. No, I, I, I haven't. Um, I, cause I have Amazon echoes spread out kind of throughout the house. Yeah. So, so I really don't need to. Um, so I can just say, Hey, you know, do this, right. Turn on this yeah. light or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily need Siri to be that for me. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, do, would I like to? Sure. But it's another integration I have to manage and it's more overhead and, whatever is it the biggest deal no but it's effort
0: another failure point too right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that, that, that that's another thing that uh you know either myself or my girlfriend will get used to and when it doesn't work it's just going to bother us so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not not that that's a good way to look at anything uh <laughs> but
0: no but it's always in that inconvenient time right like you'll be sitting down to watch a movie and you go all right i'll use this and it doesn't work and that's it right you then you can't enjoy the movie until we fix that problem
1: yeah and and in in all honesty i don't, I don't see that being be ever really being an issue where where the home kit integration breaks i think for me the bigger thing is you know i'm mucking about and doing something and then homelessness breaks rather yes, than exactly uh my amazon echo not responding or or my home kit not responding right i mean i have a couple of i have to Google Homes as well, mm-hmm. you know. Again, between those and the Amazon Echoes, they all work really well, and I use the Nabucasa integration there too on both Google
0: Home and the Echo.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's it's the the Google Homes are just in uh, mm. mostly just in the bathroom, so that people can just like turn on the fan and things like that. Because yeah. one of the automations that I have is actually to have uh, my my. Uh, fans in the bathroom to turn off after 30 minutes so if you're showering and you know whatever or what happens is a lot of times people just leave the fan on just you know you you want to get that humidity out of the out of the air whatever and forget to turn it off right uh i was notorious at doing that my girlfriend was notorious at doing that so i just said okay you know what i'm just going to put a 30 minute timer on it and then yeah kill it but you know, sometimes if you're in there, like, I'll be shaving, I'll do this, I'll do that. Yeah. The 30 minutes. It turns off when you, yeah, it goes really quickly, right? Right, right. And, and you know, and, and at that point, I'm usually yelling, you know, hey, turn on the <laughs> fan, right? And then it'll turn <laughs> the yep. exhaust fan back on. So it, it's mostly around that. And, and mostly just because before before she moved in with me, we had, I, I wanted to tinker with Google Homes because I had Amazon Echoes all around my house, So I got to Google Homes for her.
0: Uh, when, nice. she living, uh, when she was
1: when uh, she was when she wasn't living with me, and yeah. uh, so I had those. So now you've got both. I, yeah, I just said, okay, yeah. here is a here is a different way of using it, right? So, the, so the Google Homes are actually a little more restrictive uh, in terms of what they can do because I was gonna put one in the uh, garage as well, and what I didn't mm. want to have in there is my garage door controls. So right. you know, I don't want it to be like, hey, open the garage door if you just yell really loudly from outside, and it says okay, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I kind of use that as a point of security too. To just so Google Home has a lot less, a res- uh, lot less access as opposed to my Amazon Echo, and that and that's not because one is more or less secure than the other. It's just how I have them placed around my house. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: But good that you're thinking that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a really long for it into why I'm not doing HomeKit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So.
0: Uh, well, now we're just getting sidetracked here. Um, so, Somfy now has climate controls and battery sensors. So, I thought Somfy
1: was the smart blind company. I didn't realize they had a, a climate device. So, so what it might be, I, th- I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, so, this is the Somfy integration that has that, right? Yes, yeah. So the so the battery sensors I think make sense just because again they're wireless models they need batteries great monitor that the climate controls I think is uh, if I'm not mistaken I'm guessing they do have some kind of just monitoring for temperature and stuff so it can uh, it can come down when it's uh,
0: uh, if it's right. too hot
1: or too cold just to adjust the temperature in the room yeah or they may also use their um, sunlight like how bright is it like kind of lux uh, meter yes. style. Yep. Uh, they might do that too uh, under under the climate bracket. Interesting. I, I don't know if they do any any other. Maybe they have some other devices too. Because I can see they've got the the sunfi uh,
0: sun sensor. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be unless they're in a different market and I don't have access to it from there. Well, I know they have some commercial stuff too, so mm. could be for that. Well, if you have the fee integration and you have those devices, well, now you can use it in-home system.
1: There you go. Yeah, and I'd, we'd love to hear what uh, what those sensors, what the climate controls specifically for yeah. me are. That's kind of cool. All right. Um, some breaking changes. So Glances, if you use the Glances integration, that's uh, one of the integrations that actually helps you monitor the the hardware that you're running um especially for installations like myself where I have when I'm running it on a linux box um mm-hmm. uh, so before uh, and and I never noticed this but apparently all the entities were suffixed by underscore temp even if it wasn't temperature oh uh, really yeah so they've changed that nomenclature a little bit so now they're either suffixed by underscore temperature underscore fan underscore speed or and underscore charge so let's say it's like um uh, you know my MacBook, so it'll be like MacBook underscore temp in the past, and now it'll be MacBook right. underscore temperature. So if you have automations and things like that, that may uh, that may break a lot mm. of those because I, I know some folks use it to say, "Hey, you know what? If my if my CPU is going too high, reboot the machine or, or something like that." Right. So and I guess if you're then exposing
0: those entities to something like Rafana or Prometheus or something like that, that will also change in there yeah yeah do you use glances because you've got like obviously a a big setup with your lab and all that like
1: i i do uh i i I use it more for home assistant than for my my lab stuff um it it, glances is actually great i it it actually did help me kind of do a couple of things there so um yeah i do i do use um glances and i use the integration in home assistant as well uh Mm. and and the big thing for me was uh I, I built a status page, basically, of like, uh, "Hey, here's if if something's going wrong in in Home Assistant, here's what it could potentially be, or here's where it could potentially be." Yeah. So oh. I have some sensors like, "Hey, what's my current version? Am I running an older version? Are there any breaking changes?" So it's just a bunch of it's a compilation of a bunch of sensors mm. that already exist. I didn't reinvent the wheel there. Reinvent the wheel there, wow. <laughs> and. Uh, so basically i just i bring in my cpu information and things like that from from glances in there
0: for basically the the host machine that you're running that on
1: correct correct yeah exactly and and uh you can you can do remote machines and stuff as well if you if you have it um if if it matters or if you need that so
0: yeah all right Looks like i'm adding that to my list this year as well
1: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it's uh you know they they it works really well i i like it quite a bit and uh i mean I, I had used it in the past as well um but but you don't have any automations running off it right like you haven't no no running. i didn't i didn't bother with that but uh yeah. i mean really you know i i should have a like a send me a notification if my cpu spikes above whatever or my memory is yeah. at like 80 percent or something like that but in all honesty i i update my machine's way more often than I than I probably need to. Um so that ends up, you know, re- rebooting it and whatever. So I those are never really an issue. Um but yeah.
0: Alright. Uh another breaking change in this release. Ah, here we go. Nieto,
1: Nito. I think it's Nito, <laughs> isn't it? Uh Nito? Yeah uh, like hey oh. Nieto, You did that <laughs> Like these, like startups,
0: <laughs> just go. How can we make the most complicated name? Right? Like, uh, yeah.
1: How can how can we make it like painful for podcast hosts to? Absolutely, you know, right. The most embarrassing thing we can make them do. <laughs>
0: uh So we've now dropped support for username and password authentication. Uh, so it's now going to rely on OAuth2 authentication instead. So that's gonna be basically using access tokens instead of relying over a username and password sitting somewhere in your YAML. I am going to assume that this that this then means that uh, you can no longer use this integration with YAML. You might have to set it up in the UI only, if not already. So, yeah, if you are upgrading to 2021.1 and you are using that integration, you will have to move over to the new OAuth integration flow.
1: Yeah, and, and I didn't see anywhere where it actually said that the YAML is getting dropped and it's UI only, and that may have yeah. happened in the past. I, I don't remember, Probably, to be honest. Yeah, it, makes more, it would make
0: sense that you would yeah. have that as a UI flow instead of being in YAML. Yeah, so. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins
1: On that note, though, the BMW Connected Drive integration um, is uh, so two things. One is you can now add that through the UI, uh, and number two is that the YAML is getting deprecated um, from that, and and they're moving to the to that UI only workflow. Mm. I think this uh,
0: when you upgrade, it will import any YAML settings for you, so you won't have to go through the the flow. But then once you've run home assistant for the first time you can just delete that yaml file and or the yaml and moving forward you'll be set up via the ui yeah yeah uh mateo france unit of measurement of the uv sensor uh was missing and has now been added in but it could break some of your automations so watch out for that yeah actually on weather integrations Mm -hmm. i would like right I, i am still using the dark sky yeah um and i know apple's brought them out and I'm moving over. Like I've got now six months or five months now before I get kicked off. Are you still using Dark Sky or what are you using for your weather?
1: I am, uh, what am I using? Am I even using anything? I don't think I am. Um, I, Really, I mostly use the sunlight component than than anything else. I don't think I'm actually, cause I did have, uh, I, I played with a couple of them and it was great and I just wasn't using it. So I just offloaded it. Really? Uh, yeah. So,
0: cause I guess I have a lot of automations based on temperature, right? Like turn heating, cooling off based on, you know, what the weather is.
1: Yeah. So, so for me, the way I do it is it's more based on my inside temperature. So what is it inside my house? Um, yeah. Especially in the, in the winter, I'm not really opening windows or anything like that. Right. Um, yeah. Yep. So I have, a bunch of temperature sensors uh just from whatever right some a lot of motion detectors have it or sometimes Mm. your like water leak sensors have them and then my echo b i have a couple of extra sensors that i got with those and so basically i make decisions based on that for the inside of my house and in in the summer yeah we do open the door quite a bit and stuff but uh typically if we if we when we do that, I do. I just have an automation to say if my if my door is open for more than five minutes, then turn off my AC, right? Or if it's open for more than yep, like three yep. minutes, whatever that number is, uh, turn off the AC, and and then at that point, then it'll just if it's too hot and and you know we shut the door or whatever, it'll just turn it back on if I need to, or uh, or we'll just manually turn it back on.
0: Yeah, because so. That, like, just relying on inside temperature, like, wouldn't work for me. So, like, here in Melbourne, we have four seasons in one day. Yeah. Right? Like, it is, what, January 2021 right now. It's, you know, middle of summer. It's supposed, like, right, today we've had raining all day. I think it didn't even reach over 20 degrees Celsius. So, it's basically been cold, yeah. right? Um, So, there are, you know, days where in the middle of summer we might need to have the heater on or or vice versa, you know, like, you know, getting in that, especially in the spring and the autumn, you know, where it could be either mm-hmm. way. It's hard to tell, you know, should the house be turning the heater on or should the house be turning the air conditioning on? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um. So, and I don't know, uh, you know, we have the Bureau of Meteorology down here in Australia, but Home is not removed those because they were using web scraping. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to know, you know, Maybe people have got some suggestions out there. What's your favorite weather platform? Feedback at House or I'd like to yeah. move off the dark sky as quick as possible, I think.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, so so it turns out I do have a weather platform, but that comes in from my car, so it just takes the external temperature from there. <laughs> but that's 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 really it. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's okay, a good so indication basically of I'll, weather. It's not going to tell me if it's sunny or whatever. It's just... Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, just what it is outside. Okay, fair enough. But you don't even have, like... An automation if it's raining or an automation if it's sunny outside. Like you don't use that in your.
1: Not really. Um, I I was going I to mean, so I, I don't use it either. Yeah. So I, I like to have it in a home. So system. so when I when I was going to do uh, so when I redid my backyard, one of the things I was gonna do is put an irrigation system in, and uh, yeah. and they the people ended up coming like a month earlier than they than they were supposed to, so I just never got the chance to do it. And, wow, and an yeah, and, and I think you and I were talking about that offline, Phil. And so basically I, I, I would have used, uh, cared about that. Right. Because again, it was, mm. uh, it was going to be around, okay, well, you know, if it's raining outside, I don't want it to turn sprinkle the sprinklers on, whatever. Right? And a lot of that has that built in, but I, I want that logic in home assistant, right? Cause that, that's, that's my yeah. brain for my house. So that was, uh, so that, that didn't end up happening. So that was like the one thing where I really would have used it. And then I cared about using it again in efforts of preserving water and things like that. And, uh, and I was actually looking at doing it next year, but I'm not, I'm not sure if I want to do it anymore. I mean, one of my neighbors actually yesterday was, uh, or day before yesterday was kind enough to shovel my driveway for me. Just, you know, I woke up and I just heard, uh, he's got an ATV and I just heard him, you know, going at it with, uh, on my driveway. And I was like, is he shoving my driveway? And I looked outside and he's like, Oh yeah, you're like my 10th house. And I was like, what? Okay. And, uh, and yeah, and I was chatting with him and, uh, he was like, you know, my wife and I were thinking of doing the same thing. And then, and then we didn't because we, um, you know, we, we wanted to, we decided we don't want to water the grass at all. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I may, I may not, uh, I may, I may do it. And then, You know, choose when I want to water the grass. Um, I do, I do like having green grass at the end of the day, but at the same time, I don't want it to be that like, you know, I'm wasting water. Right. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to see, you know, my new prerogative is, you know, can I find a balance for that? Right. And, and see how I, how I do that. Right. Maybe it's, uh, I put a couple of sensors down and how dry is the soil? Okay. If it's really dry, then just, you know, sprinkle it a little bit with water and then do that. So. I don't know.
0: That makes, yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting. Do you have, like, so in Australia, like, we have, we're generally a pretty dry mm-hmm. country, um, you know. So do you have, like, uh, and since we've had, like, I think it was mid-2000s, we had, like, a massive drought and there was a big, you know, we had water restrictions and all that. So there was been a big push of using grey water and, and rainwater in uh, for watering your, your plants and your gardens. Do you have that sort of push in canada as well
1: not as hard as we should um we have restrictions on what days we can water and uh i currently forget it's it's like it's basically works if like every other day is when you're allowed to water and and they, yep. they yep. encourage it but they don't they don't force it uh and 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 that's actually something else i wanted to look at as well right is uh is rainwater collection and and see if i can do anything like that mm. uh and then and then if uh, there's no rainwater then then you, you know, substitute with, with uh, pipe water, whatever it's called, right? With, with city water. And um, yeah, so nothing, nothing really that, um, which, you know, we could, we could do way more, I think, um, as a community, but uh, there's, there's not a whole lot out there. Per in at least where I am, and and that's kind of per um, municipality or per district. It's not really like a maybe it's a provincial thing. No, I don't think. Yeah, it, it's not like. Yeah, I don't even wide. think it's a provincial wide thing. I think it's like where you live is kind of determines their water situation because they they because water is done at a municipality level here, right? So yep, yep. Interesting. All right, all right. So so Avery, uh, I'm not actually sure what the component is, but uh the component no longer exists, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, so they, the, uh, home assistant teams removed that component, uh, because they seem to have changed their API and are not very friendly towards, uh, using it. And, and, and me, m- 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 well, oh. sorry, that was me extrapolating that <laughs> just, just to make that clear. I don't, I don't know that that's what it was, but <laughs> they seem to have changed their API and, uh, it seems to be really hard to get, uh, that API information. So I think yeah, that's what's, that's, what's pulled it. So. So,
0: they were the platform that allowed you to check when your next scheduled waste pickup was ah. for. So, yeah, and even uh, before using this, I think on the home assistant uh, page, there was a warning saying, you know, it uses an unofficial API to obtain data, please use at your yeah. own risk. So, yeah, that makes sense. Interesting. I've always wondered, you know, how complicated are people's waste pickup schedules <laughs> around the world to warrant the use of an API? I'm, I'm guessing there has to be yeah. some that's like, must to, oh, you know, because, I mean, I don't know about you, Rahan, but here I just have one week it's recycling and the next week it's uh, the green waste or the compost right. waste, right? Like, the there's no other chain. Like, every, that, that's it, right? And so you can easily do that with, I've used a template sensor, you know, based on the week number. If it's an odd week, it means it's recycling. If it's an even week, then it means it's the garden waste bin, right? Very simple to do. don't need to pull APIs or anything like that. And it works. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think think it's also just about the effort that it takes to build that, right? Um, I I know for us, it kind of depends. So I think like twice a year, they do batteries and I never know when that is. And then seasonally, oh, right. they do leaf yeah. pickup, So we get these brown bags. I don't know if you guys have that, too. Uh, we Basically, you go to, like, you know, wherever, Costco, Home Depot, or, or whatever. Yep, yep. Uh, you pick up these big brown bags. And in the fall, basically, you take all of the leaves that have fallen down. You sweep that up and put it into these bags. And then they collect them and... That basically goes into some other compost process, I guess. I, I don't know if it's the same composting process right, or what. But okay. so that only happens after yep. a certain time. And, and naturally, with me being me, I chose this year to do that the week after the last <laughs> pickup was done. So I have two bags of leaves right now in my garage that are going to sit there all of winter and they yeah, yeah no, no, they're gonna soak up because what happens is the salt melts from the or sorry the the ice melts from the car and then just gets under there and it's gonna be oh, yes yeah, so it's, it's it's a beautiful <laughs> uh, beautiful thing that that uh, i did there so and and so that happens at certain times of the year um and then for us i mean typically it, ours is pretty straightforward right it's recycling and compost every week and then garbage every other week and you know, and then depending on where you live, it's, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever, right? So it's not that complicated unless you have some of this other extra stuff kind of sprinkled on top of it, right? Like the leaf collection and so on, um, which are seasonal. What are you using for,
0: so are you doing any like waste management automations? No, uh,
1: unfortunately, the one I'm, where where I am, they don't have any uh, data. And, and honestly, I haven't looked too, too deep into it. Because uh, again, it's yep. one of those things. I, but they they do have an app, and I did look to see if they have an API for that app, and it didn't look like it. But basically, it's just an app that goes in, and it, it's it's put out by my municipality who who does the pickups. So they basically yep. just sends me an alert saying, "Hey, like I think my pickups are Wednesday, so Tuesday night it's like, hey, by the way, tomorrow, don't forget you have garbage and uh, compost um, and right, recycling yeah. and leaf pickup." Well, whatever whatever those yep. depending on the week so
0: yeah so I did just do that like so our council here like does not do anything smart like mm-hmm. that so it's literally home assistant working out what day of the what week it is and then home assistant sends me an alert the night before hey don't put don't yeah put do, do, you, do
1: you do you have to work around like long weekends and stuff too so for us no. because Oh, they do pickups then. Still,
0: so even if it's Christmas Day, like every day, like what if your designated Tuesday is your pickup day? It doesn't matter if it's a public holiday, holiday or whatever. You your
1: garbage will be collected on that Tuesday. Interesting. So for us, it's it's the following day. Uh, so right, even if there's a stat holiday, even if it even if my thing doesn't line up on that date, they it could potentially move. All right. sometimes. Sometimes. So that makes
0: sense. Where you'd need Not always like an, an API to. <laughs> to get that yeah, yeah. that
1: the, it's it's they found the most complicated way to do this but look, like, i get that too right i mean i mean the 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 folks picking up the garbage and and whatever they also need some time off or time with their families and stuff yeah. so i get that part but it's just the the that that complication i understand the rest of it is just way too complex so just just to keep track of right so it's just so that seems to be it for the new features and 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 breaking changes I actually have a question for you Ron. before we wrap
0: up. Um, yeah. So I'm in the process of trying to work out. So one of my projects that I had over the summer break that I didn't get a chance to do, uh, well, the Christmas break, I should say, because I know it's winter for you. Yeah. Is-
1: <laughs> yeah I, I, I was like, summer break. Wow. <laughs> <That time> really- <laughs> um,
0: I, I wanted to yeah. rearrange some of my automations in the rooms because my automations are pretty complicated uh, and, you know, I've got my new 12-week-old daughter. So now the way we use the house has changed, right? Um, we're relying yeah. more on voice to, you know, change the scenes of rooms or the modes in-, in rooms, right? And I was wondering, do you, like, how do you, because there's obviously Home Assistant has the concept of scenes, right? There is the whole scene logic there. Yeah. Do you use that? And, like, do you have different, modes like do you have a a movie mode or guests over mode sort of thing for your rooms and and how do you use it i do have a
1: guests Mm. over mode um but the guests over mode is mostly just don't turn stuff off at night like like as an example like i'll I'll leave a couple of lights on right because obviously they don't live here so if if and and obviously this scene hasn't or this uh, switch hasn't been used in a while because of covid but uh, if if somebody's staying over uh Basically, when I say goodnight, don't turn off a couple of yep. those lights. Uh, and you know, maybe they're they're in the room, you know, reading something or watching a YouTube video, whatever. They love the light on. Great, then keep it on, right? I don't I don't want to bother that. So I have that. I'm not doing that through a scene specifically. I'm that's literally just a just a mm. binary uh, sensor that I have that's just yep. on or off. And I have a vacation mode that does uh, you know that turns off the lights after a certain yep. point in time too, right and that's really it i
0: I have the same thing right like i've got like an input boolean that just says guest mode on or off and it basically just overrides those automations right you know like after Mm 9pm don't turn the lights off let them be flipped off at the switch but what we're getting now to is that you know like at 9pm or 8pm or you know whatever random time you know we need those automations to you know be turned off and you know so i don't want the lights to turn back on but what i'm finding is that all of a sudden, like, the lights turn off, but then the lights will turn back on because the automation has been triggered because, you know, another condition hasn't been missed. And so now my condition logic is getting so long, right? Like, I have to check, is this mode activated? Is the guest mode activated? Is it, you know, the TV Mm -hmm. on? Is the TV off, right? I just need, is there, like, what am I missing here? Like, there must be a a better way, right?
1: yeah. I think, I think I think that's the read my mind automation.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically. But so I don't know. And then I look at scenes, and I've never really understood how people use scenes. Like I get because scenes are in like every home automation controller, right? Like it's not this is not just Home mm-hmm. Assistant specific, right? Everything you look at has a, a scene. Like Vera has scenes. Um, I'm sure SmartThings has scenes, yeah. right? But yep, I yep, yep. across all the platforms I've used, I've never understood how to use them properly, right? And in home assistance case, right? Like, I can un- I understand that, you know, you can set a scene to have, you know, this light on at this colour, this light on at this colour, this light at this temperature, but scenes don't allow for variables very well. For example, I can't have, you know, light turn on and it to be at a variable set by something else, right?
1: Or... Yeah. Which sort of... Well, I, I, I know one of the things that scenes offers, if I remember correctly, is that let's say you had a light at a specific thing before it can preserve like it'll remember what that was so if your light was like 17 percent, yes yes so that's great uh, for like automations where you want to
0: like yeah like quickly change Mm -hmm. a like a scene and then or do something and then go back to what all those settings were like i I understand that but like how like if people got like a, a movie scene or you know, watching TV, seeing, like, I'm guessing unless you have, like, everything set exactly every time, like, I guess my issue is that at nine, like, depending on the time of day, my I use uh, my own fuzzy logic for flux for, you know, the light color yeah. temperature, right? So, yes, I could turn on the, the movie scene, but then depending on the time of day, the light temperatures need to be different, so. Right. And then scenes, I, I they can't turn. Like I don't think scenes can control like the state of an automation yet, or at least when I've tried to do it, they, it didn't work. So, what what would you do? So, would so, you just create like a, so, a huge automation and just put
1: all the logic in one automation and, and hope for the best? So, so that is what I do. <laughs> uh, and I, it it almost seems like, and and this is just me thinking out loud. Is maybe that's something you can say, hey. Let me have a couple of extra switches with automations tied yeah. behind it. So input booleans and that triggers on offs for certain things, right? Because if you can't, if you can't turn off an automation through a scene, well, maybe you can turn off a switch because as, as far as, as
0: uh, oh, the yeah, input
1: yeah, boolean yeah. is concerned, it comes in as an input boolean, not as a, not as an automation, yes, right? Yeah. And then flip that off, and then the automation is check if that's on or off before you run. Yes. But it goes back into that logic of now I'm having all of these nested logic, yeah. right? and, which can get really complex to manage.
0: Yeah, sort of like need a, a state machine for home assistant,
1: right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, if anyone's got any, if they've solved this puzzle and they would like to contribute that to me, oh, I'm very interested to hear feedback at haspodcast.io. Let me know how you're managing different modes for your rooms, how you different you know, setups for your house. Like what, I'm guessing there's got to be like, people have Christmas mode, you know, sure. I've, I know I've got a Christmas mode, which is literally just an input boolean yeah. Christmas, which, but once again, I have that sprinkle throughout all my automations, right? So if I ever remove that input boolean from my home assistant, then I have to update a hundred automations somewhere, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I'm Unless you have one and it's an input select but it's still just as complex yeah that's
0: that so that's the path i'm currently leading towards like a each room will have like an input select of you know what mode it's in you know like normal mode night mode Mm -hmm. movie mode guest mode sort of thing um and then the automations will just have to check you know what state is the room in okay it's in this mode i'm allowed to proceed with this automation
1: yeah 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 and 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 that might mean you need to interact with the app or, or with, with Home Assistant itself a little more to set those yeah, things, well, right? For, for me, I can turn on guest mode with my Amazon Echos. Yes. As I say goodnight and all that, so I'll say, hey, turn on guest mode and then goodnight, whatever, right? Also, well, my
0: my thinking here was, and because I use the um, Amazon Echo custom media player component, uh, and one of the features that has is the ability to detect which Amazon Echo was just spoken to. So mm-hmm. my goal here is that I can say to that little lady in there, you know, turn on guest mode. And depending on which room it is, so we have uh, my office, which is a spare bedroom and the living room, which has the pullout couch, depending on which room I say that to will dictate which room goes into guest mode.
1: Oh, interesting. interesting. And so
0: now that I have that capability, I want to extend that to things like, you know, uh, to use a Star Trek reference, I want to, you know, use grey mode, right? So, where it goes right. into a dark room, like a dark state. So, you know, if I'm in the bedroom and I say turn on grey mode, you then, you know, that room, all the automations for the lights turn, get disabled, right? Um, yeah. So, that's my... Where I, I want to head eventually, being able to have that, you know, finer control over what a room is doing. Okay.
1: Interesting. So one of the things that i started playing with a couple of days ago um as in literally like day before yesterday was uh was deep stack now one of the things you may be able to do is based on facial recognition say this is phil this is your wife this is your kid whatever yeah based on that do specific things right if if you have cameras within the room right right so maybe around there you can do some some automation to say, okay, you know, like so instead automate, of so is DeepStack just like image recognition? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 image processing, yeah. Right. Um, and uh, and and that that's some of the stuff that Robin's working on. Uh, that we've uh, we've seen some uh, stuff come, stuff come out of. Yeah. Um, and so there may be a way to tie that in, and based on that data. Uh, but again, I feel like it's getting too complex still again. Yeah.
0: And I think we we don't have cameras in the house for.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's relying on cameras within the house. Right. So,
0: but what do you, so what are you using your cameras in the house for then? Like, or what's your goal?
1: Yeah. So my, actually what I, and, and I haven't got this working yet and I don't even know if it's possible. I just started playing with it. Um, but the idea is when I recognize people at the door, so when they ring my doorbell, yeah. Uh, I have I have a ring uh, doorbell mm-hmm. there and based on that it says okay you know Rohan's here whatever based on that I want to see if I can do stuff I don't know what that is yet uh, it might be you know based on depending on who consents into it it might be uh, you know let's say a friend of mine comes over um, I guess post lockdown <laughs> and uh, and if, if a friend of mine comes over it says okay you know what like this guy is here based on that turn on guest mode and whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so doing things like that, again, it, that, that's more just of a, I want to learn project and, and might be interesting kind of thing, but that's, that's mostly it. And then, and, or the other thing I want to see is, and and I have no idea how to do this, but if or if it's even possible, but basically, if you notice like that, like because my ring that the doorbell that I have can actually see out to my, it can see all the way out until my uh the main road, mm-hmm. and which isn't far. I have a small driveway, but you know, typically what happens is if delivery trucks, so like UPS or FedEx or one of those guys come up, can I can I actually recognize that as a FedEx vehicle or as a UPS vehicle oh. and trigger an alert based on that if if i see the truck and i see uh because I, I still have a tripwire motion only from my property like only from my uh porch yes yeah so if they if they trip the trip and i see the fedex truck there it is it always a package no but it's possibly a package right that's cool yeah so, send me an alert based on that
0: so i uh, because i you've got to just like a ring doorbell right like that's yeah,
1: yeah. I, I don't even know if it's possible with the ring doorbell so to be quite frank Well, so maybe I'll burst
0: it up a little bit. Maybe I'll enhance it. So I have a Ring doorbell, and I have it integrated with Home Assistant as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There is, because it's all cloud-based, there's a couple of restrictions in that you can't get a live feed, right? So you can't do any image processing on the fly. With that said, though, uh, you can have the latest recordings from the Ring video exposed to Home Assistant. Yes. So what I do is I use the downloader component, which is one of the core components in Home Assistant. Whenever the URL changes on the camera entity of the Ring doorbell, whenever the last file name changes, that triggers an automation to go out to Ring, download that video, and then stores it on my NAS. So essentially what you would do is grab that last motion video... And then run it through your
1: deep stack image processing. Yeah, and 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 that's exactly what what I was going to do. And and I found that the my it, it's not too too slow like in terms of updating that recorded image. Yeah, um, I actually find that I get that faster than I get it through the app typically. Well, actually, there's the so there's
0: two because there's the recorded there's a the image and then you can also get the yep. video as
1: well. Sorry, yeah, I mean I mean the video like when I click on it, yeah, it'll yeah. give me that right. Um, so so I find that that's actually faster than the app. Mm-hmm so which might still be okay right for that for that kind of stuff again if if it takes me an extra minute to process that you know a friend of mine has come over cool yeah. whatever right like it's it's setting a flag like i don't care chances are they're not coming over a minute before they go to sleep or something like that yeah 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 right so it's not too bad and then even with the deliveries use case that's the same thing too right and and i do want to set up a couple of uh, cameras around the house as well outside um and uh, and pull some feeds from there as well. So that might be an alternate feed if I want a little more real time.
0: Yeah. I'd be interested to see how you go with this deep stacking, especially the the, deliv- the delivery drivers has me intrigued. I'd like to be able to recognize someone wearing high-vis, you know, because all our mm-hmm. delivery drivers here are always in like a high-vis uniform yeah. or something. Just be able to recognize that if it's Monday to Friday and someone's being tripped wearing high-vis at my front door. Yeah, that'd be cool. Turn on Mm -hmm. my new mail notification, right? Yeah, yeah, A lot of the time, like, we have the the local mailman or postie will just drop a a parcel at our front door, but he won't ring the doorbell, but it will trip the motion sensor, right? So then I go to walk out and I've got, like, a box blocking my front door and I have to go out another door to remove it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, again, it's, it's this is all very new to me, so I I don't even know what's possible, what's not possible, whatever. So you've I just already sold
0: me Rohan, so you need to get the solution it's, working.
1: <laughs> that, that's a problem, right? Like <laughs> <it's>, I've, <laughs> I've sold myself too, and I'm, i I feel like I'm going to be grossly disappointed in myself. <laughs> this.
0: What's but. what are you? How are you running the deep cycle though? Like, is it up in the cloud? Like, is it some Amazon no. instance somewhere, or is it running on a computer locally? Yeah, for now, source.
1: for now it's just running as a yeah, it's an it's an open source project. Um, for now it's just running as a Docker container in my thing. That's why I'm, yep. I don't have a GPU tied to it or anything. And and depending on where this goes and how this goes, maybe I'll look at getting one of those like Jets and Nanos or something like that from Nvidia. Yep, yep. Um, but in all honesty, for the for the one image every like six hours that yeah, it'll have exactly. to process it's more than enough at least for now right yep when when i get more cameras set up outside and stuff and and do that then then maybe that'll warrant it if if this ever even takes off for me yep. so
0: well i hope it does cuz i have you know like a year's worth of footage of delivery men
1: coming to my front door that i could easily use to train <laughs> this thing right yeah yeah see uh, for for me i want i want to do, it's going to be less about the the person or the high vis jacket or anything like that and it's going to be more about like, hey, recognize the truck, recognize the the vehicle, like yeah. or, or the logo, right? Uh, even for Amazon deliveries, it's it's only one or two companies that I've noticed that that come out to yep. to my door. <clears throat> so you know, if you notice their van parked outside, great, yeah, shoot me an alert.
0: How um, clear is the image from your ring camera to get onto the street? Like, could you reckon the image will be clear enough to see or to recognize the logos enough?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's again. I don't. I don't have a very large lot, so it's not like it's. Right. It's what like I, I can fit one car, and then there's a sidewalk, and then there's the bottom of the driveway, which is another what six feet or something like that. So, it's so not, as long it's not as they park bad.
0: outside the front of your house, you're fine.
1: Which they always do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then and yeah and. You know these these companies are masters in branding too, right? Yeah.
0: You see <laughs> a giant
1: brown truck, you're like, okay, this is UPS. If you if you see a giant white truck with a FedEx logo, okay, it's a FedEx, right? So it's yeah. not uh, it's 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 not difficult. They 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 make it easy for you in that sense, right? And and that way, it's I don't have anything because because I, I haven't looked into the legality of doing facial recognition against these people mm. or anything like that. So I'm I'm just, just going to keep it. Uh, you know the way the way I see it, if you're if you're truck is branded you you want to be recognized so I'm just my camera is recognizing that right as opposed yeah. to the individual driver or the person and and that stuff changes every day right like I mean yeah, I you might can't have track that, right? Bob one day Alice the next day did exactly I yeah know, right like so yeah again th- this is this is like a you know check in with me in three years and, and I'll let you know how it's going <laughs> or, or not going <laughs> yeah or, or not going <laughs> um i i suspect this is going to be one of those uh things that i abandon, but but i'm trying to stick with it for now <laughs> yeah see, see where I'll, i can get I'll, I'll
0: be i'm very interested so i'll, I'll be sure to pin you about it
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it'll be it'll be fun
0: all right well i think that's probably a good place to wrap up the first episode for the year our plan for this year of course is to keep up with the home assistant release schedules sprinkle in a few of our regular guest interview episodes throughout the year as well or throughout the month i should say Yep. Uh, and work on some more spotlights so yeah good will be hearing from us soon
1: that's right hopefully we will talk soon and again remember the new release schedule and we'll see you soon cheers cheers
0: if you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io that's h-a-s-s podcast.io
1: The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rowan Caramandy. For links to topics that we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.